As we examine David's life, remember how difficult David's life was at this time. It's fascinating to me that the Lord knew David needed a friend. The Lord knew David could not do this humanly alone. So what Jonathan is, Jonathan is a gift to David's life. As David goes through the valleys and experiences the trials, under God's design, David would not do this alone. So we, we look at God's sovereignty over David's life. We're like, man, what a gift. Hi, and welcome to Live in the Light. We're thankful, as always, that you have chosen to make Live in the Light a part of your day, and thankful that you've tuned us in for this particular series on the life of David. Yes, we're looking at a very famous character in the Bible and seeing that in David's lives, there's many things that translate to our lives as well. And Robbie, you're with me in studio, and Robbie, today's message is all about friendship, right? Friendship. One of the things I love about going through a narrative and a life like David is you hit so many different components and aspects of his life. And Craig, as we talk about friendship even right now, our listeners, much goes through their minds. And let's just be honest, the reality of, of life, good friends are hard to find. Uh, some of our listeners are in place where they might be satisfied in this way, but I think the majority probably experiencing times of loneliness, not being understood. Uh, who do you have to go to when life really gets tough and difficult as inevitably it does? We're going to learn today how important friendship is to God and the example we have between David and particularly with Jonathan and the role of biblical friendship and what's that supposed to look like and how meaningful it is to be for our lives. So today for you, just asking this question, do you want to learn about friendship? Do you care about friendship? Do you long for true biblical friendship, well, you're in the right place because God has a word for you today to help you find a true community and friendship to walk through this life that is often, frankly, so difficult. So Lord, use it today, we pray, in the lives of the listeners here at Live in the Light. All right, a very practical message for us all, and we pray you're encouraged by it and challenged by it as well. Let's join our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons, in today's message in 1 Samuel 23. Please find a Bible, please find a Bible and turn to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 23, 1 Samuel chapter 23, and we're looking today at the, the, the power, the power of biblical friendship. That's our sermon title. This is our theme for our time together right now, the power of biblical friendship. And I'm excited to do this for the lives of David and Jonathan and to use their lives really as a launching pad through biblical themes of what it means to truly uh, be a friend uh, within our lives and this life that we have to live. Well, it's been said that um, if you can count your true friends on the fingers of your one hand, uh, then you are truly blessed. If you can count your true friends on the fingers of your one hand, you are truly blessed. It's also been said that intimate friends are very rare. And this is what we're examining Today, through God's word, we're not talking about, you know, just casual friends and so many of us can have so many dozens or hundreds of acquaintances. We're talking about intimate, 
uh, rare, true, authentic, real friends. And we're gonna find that uh, those are few in life. So it's been said that intimate friends are very rare. Often we have one, occasionally we have two, and usually not more than three, listen, in our entire lives. Like real friends, like friends that uh, love us to the core, friends who know us to the core, uh, friends that we are honest, truthfully, and and, and really honest with and, and experience a true friendship with them as the Bible describes. Again, often one, occasionally two, but usually not more than three in our, in our entire lives. As we examine David's life, remember how difficult David's life was at this time. It's fascinating to me that the Lord knew David needed a friend. The Lord knew David could not do this humanly alone. So what Jonathan is, Jonathan is a gift to David's life. As David goes through the valleys and experiences the trials, under God's design, David would not do this alone. So we, we look at God's sovereignty over David's life. We're like, man, what a gift. Uh, what a gift of grace. What a thing of beauty that God would provide for David such a friend as Jonathan. And what this is doing right now, it's giving us our basis and foundation for biblical friendship and its power within our lives. So God has designed us to be in community. That's the church, the fellowship of believers. But within the community, God has designed us for true and biblical friendship. So one of the questions I want you to think about right now, you came in here today and I want you to think about what does friendship mean to you? If I gave you a piece of paper right now and you wrote this down, I mean, what, what would you say a friendship is? Here's another question. What does friendship look like to you? Now in our world, we're in danger every single day. We'll get to this a little bit throughout this message. Our world often defines friendship so shallow. It's so superficial. What we are asking for today through God's word is not superficial, it's supernatural, okay? The only way this is accomplished is if God does it through us and God does it in us. So one of the targets of today's message is we wanna understand in more detail the power of biblical friendship. Now, this is very important too as we go forward, okay? As you're listening to this message and we start unpacking what it means to be a biblical friend, your temptation of mind is gonna be like, yeah, 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 yeah. How do I find that friend? Where do I get that kind of friend, okay? So that's not a bad thing. But before we do that and throughout today's message, instead of like, how do I find that friend? I want you to have this thought in your mind. How do I be that friend, Okay, so instead of right now looking for the, hey, I want to find that friend, give me that friend. Let your first instinct be, what has to change in me for me to be this kind of friend? And what you're going to find, you be this friend, you find that friend. Isn't that something how that works? And so often that is so the case with the Lord. You be, you let God work in you, <coughs> excuse me, and then God often draws those people, the very thing you want, become less first and see the blessing and the exaltation come upon you. Another way of saying this, instead of uh, carrying today's message of uh, what have you done for me lately, which we often do in life, really often, instead you ask the question or say the phrase, who have I been for others lately, okay? And now we see the power and the beauty of biblical friendship. So we're gonna learn today. Let's get started. First Samuel chapter 23. I wanna read verses um, 15 
2.18. and says this, okay? Now, David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horish. 1 Samuel 23, verse 16. And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horish and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Jonathan said to David, do not fear for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel and I shall be next to you. Saul, my father, also knows this. Interesting. Verse 18. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. David remained at Horish and Jonathan went home. Okay, so I wonder how much could you find in those verses right there as it pertains to biblical friendship? Um, you could probably find a lot. We're going to find a lot together in these few verses. In fact, we're going to draw out from these specifically three verses, 16 to 18, six characteristics of powerful, beautiful biblical friendship. Six characteristics from these verses right here that we want to see in our lives. We're taking again Jonathan and David and we're using it as as a launching pad, as a launching pad to biblical themes uh, throughout God's word affecting our lives. Characteristic number one of biblical friendship, we find this. Number one, it's a friendship of support. A friendship of support. So look at verse 16 again. And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horish and strengthened his hand in God. Every word in verse 16 means something to me. And I want every word to mean something to you as well. Jonathan, the crown prince, okay? Now, just in case we didn't know this, he's labeled here himself and, or as, described as Saul's son. Now, if you've been reading any part of 1 Samuel right now, you don't need to be told that Jonathan is the son of Saul. But the Holy Spirit apparently wants us to know this. He wrote this book. And I think what's happening, God, the Holy Spirit, is reiterating to us the intensity of what David was going through and the intensity of this friendship built in love of Jonathan towards uh, David. There's an intense love. He's Saul's son, Right? I mean, Saul's son, it helps us the magnitude of what's happening, but his love for David. So verse 16, notice, he rose and went to David at Horish. So David's at Horish. Verse 15 gives us more detail. Look at verse 15. It says that David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horish. So the wilderness of Ziph was a destitute area that was adjacent to the Dead Sea. Now, I've been around that area. It is rough. It is dry. It is desolate. And yes, it is destitute. David is again in the spiritual place, in the same place he finds himself in the physical place. He's in a physical place that is dry, weary, and he's tired. Spiritually, it's the same thing. He is dry, weary, and exhausted. Notice verse 14 of 23 now. More context for us. Look at the text. It says there, and Saul sought David every day. Now, is that exhausting? Um, I think it's exhausting. Now, what was Saul trying to do? Come up to him, give him a handshake? No, no, he's trying to kill him, okay? Saul is seeking to kill David every day. Okay, tell me just again, how tired are you? How stressed are you? How weary are you? This is what's happening to David. But notice the very next phrase, but God did not give him into his hand, okay? Uh, side note, application right here, just not exactly with the message of friendship, but I couldn't resist, okay? David is running for his life, trying to escape being killed. 
Yet this is all under the sovereignty of God. But God did not give David into his hand. So just notice this, just a little bit extra for us in the message right now. God allowed David to run for his life, yet God was sovereign over it all. Are you in some immense trial right now? Are you running for your life, so to speak? It's just, it's just an insight to sit and say, God will allow us to run for our lives at times, and yet he's in control of everything. Isn't that interesting? Just a little thing I needed to show you on the side, all right? Now back to the main course I pray right now. And so what's so interesting about this too, this is where the Lord so often used the power of friendship. This is when friendship God designs for our lives when we are at our weakest, when we are running for our lives, when we are desiring so much to be encouraged. God will often at this time bring true friendship. Now, before we dive into the details of David and Jonathan's friendship, I wanna provide for us a biblical theology of friendship, okay? So I wanna unpack some things for you right here that maybe you haven't thought about before. I was so encouraged by this this week myself. And I want us just to think about, I love biblical theology, tracing themes through the Bible and often historically tracing themes through the Bible. Well, this is on friendship. Notice this first of all, okay? The Trinity is an example of perfect community. So when we think about God's heart for friendship within our lives, okay? The Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, existing in perfect unity, in community, and yet with diversity as well. The Trinity really is a perfect example of perfect friendship. This is the heart of God himself, a perfect strength of friendship. Think about this. When God sent Christ to the earth, God did that because he loved the world. The Father and the Son have a perfect love. Ultimately, in some ways, it's so beautiful. God sends his son, the father sends the son to die for us that we might also share in the same kind of friendship and love that the Trinity shares together perfectly. Are you picking up what I'm putting down right now, right? So the Trinity could have kept it all to themselves, all to themselves. They could have had all this, but God loves us so much. He sends his son to die that we can be restored to fellowship with God, that we might know the friendship of God and friendship with one another as well in relationship, partially known now, perfectly to be revealed through eternity when Jesus Christ returns. I just want you to see that utter, the foundation for friendship is the Trinity is an example of perfect community. Number two, Adam experienced Adam and Eve, Adam, experienced a perfect quiet time 24 hours a day before the fall, okay? He was in communion with God, yet he still needed friends. So just think about that, okay? It's just good biblical theology right now. Adam in the garden, walking around in conversation with God, but then God said, it's not good for you to be alone. Under the design of God, we were designed for community and specifically intimacy in friendship. And that's why Eve came along and then the design for God to put a man and a woman, but then also in marriage, also in family, also in church, also in community. So Adam, perfect quiet times every day, still needed friends. Who says? God says. Thirdly, check this out. Jesus was fully God, fully man. He was perfectly human, which is why he still needed friends because he was human as well. And of course, we just learned because he was God as well. He loves community and the power that comes from that and friendship. But just this is why Jesus spent so much time with the 12 and then the, the 11. Jesus was perfectly human, 
which is why he needed friends. Just a little bit of theology for us right here. I want you to see this undergirding what we're about to talk about now in David and Jonathan's life. So back to our text, verse 16. Notice this, Jonathan rose and went. What does a friend who supports do? A friend who supports biblically, they will rise and they will go. They will initiate love. They will act out in love. Notice that Jonathan is meeting David in his greatest trial. Notice this too. Where's Jonathan? Jonathan's in the palace. Jonathan is willing to go from the palace to the wilderness, to the destitute area, because he's a true biblical friend. He is loved by God. He wants to be used to love from God as well. And he seeks to love David. Notice true friendship acts in this way. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. There's Jonathan right here, man. He loves at all times and especially within adversity he is born for. Now just imagine David. David's in the wilderness of Ziph. He is running for his life. He is constantly stressed out. There's such a connection between him and Jonathan. Imagine David's face as he sets eyes upon Jonathan. Imagine how his heart lifted in that moment as he saw someone coming who he knew he could trust, who would encourage him with grace and truth, but would love him and support him where he is. I can only imagine how this made him feel And we know what this, I pray we know on some level what this feels like too, to have friends like this in our lives when we're in the valley, when we're in the wilderness, when we're in the place of Ziph and the Lord blesses us with such a friend. So let me ask us as we start considering how this affects us and applies to our lives. First question I wanna ask as we look at the friendship of support, um, are we that kind of friend? As you examine your heart and life right now, are, are we that kind of friend? I want to point out to you, okay, you can't be this friend to everyone. You can't be this type of friend for like a hundred people, okay? But you can be this friend for a few, right? It's amazing to me. Sometimes I, I get the expectation within this church. I'm, I'm, I'm the senior pastor here. Our church has thousands of people here. And sometimes I get the expectation of certain people that I'm going to be the one to be where you need me to be every single time you need me to be there. I'm just like, are you kidding? That's, who can possibly bear under that weight? I mean, who could, that's just not, that, that's just impossible. That's not the church. That's not the body of Christ, you know? And so again, if you're sitting here right now, you have the expectations upon me to be, uh, I will let you down every single time. Like we need to get the body functioning here where it needs to be. And there's people in my life and I have people that I, but then we together, the body of Christ working, working and breaking it down into small groups of people who minister and know each other. And, And that's where the beauty is seen. That's where the power of friendship is really known. And so we won't be this way for dozens of people, but we can be this way for a few people. Here's a question. Friendship of support. Who is the Lord leading you to rise up and go beside this week? Who in your life, if you showed up, their countenance would be lifted and their heart would be blessed as you were sent there by the Lord to encourage them. I always find sometimes my most simple prayers can be the most powerful. And some of those prayers start out like this, Lord, today, can this day be not about me? Can this day not be about me? Please, Lord, 
And can this be a day whereby the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and patience, can this be a day where the fruit of the Spirit seen from my life to bless others? Because this is what friendship does. A friendship of support. Let's move on to number two. A friendship now of strength, we see. A friendship of strength. So notice what happens when, so Jonathan initiates his friendship. He initiates love within his friendship. But when he gets there, look at verse 16. He does this, it says, and he strengthened David's hand in God. Okay, notice that. He strengthened David's hand in God. Now this is what separates worldly friendship from godly friendship. The world can't provide um, strengthening in the Lord. Only Christ, only the power of the Holy Spirit can provide a relationship that strengthens one another in God. So we're learning here. All true friendship centers in on Christ. Friendship, true friendship, powerful, supernatural friendship cannot occur apart from the working of the Holy Spirit. I remember vividly when I first got saved and all those years of super, you didn't know it, but you were living in superficial relationships and it was really like just, you know, you give to me, I give to you, but then I do it because I want what I want and what's kind of, you know, you're just kind of talking about things that don't, you get saved in Jesus. I was blown away at the instant depth that was brought to my life. You know what amazed me even, first of all, um, as, a, as a child, as a son, when I got saved and the way I all of a sudden viewed my parents, they weren't no longer like annoying. <laughs> but it was like, there's a level of friend, like there's honor, but there's a level of friendship that was, it was it just a deep, it never, of course you can't have that apart from Christ. And the Holy Spirit comes in and the whole thing has changed. And all of a sudden there's this love that goes to new levels and new capacities because of God's spirit. And then you start to meet people and you're talking to them about things that actually matter. Okay. And you're talking about eternal things and you care about people's souls and destinies in the Lord. And you're just like, you didn't, you had like, I had no idea this was even possible because you weren't saved. But when you're saved, you enter into these satisfying, powerful, beautiful, deep levels of communication that the world will not understand apart from Jesus Christ. And this is a friendship now of strength fueled by the grace of God. Jonathan could only do this because he was this in the Lord and he could only strengthen David and God because of what he received from God as well. So, so love friends, think, 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 think. Your closest friends, your closest friends you have, do they draw you closer to Christ? Are they neutral or do they pull you farther away from Christ? This has is, this is devastated so many believers. Your closest friends, do they strengthen your walk with the Lord? Or how about this? Better yet, are you a friend that strengthens others and their walk with the Lord are you used to encourage? See, to understand the Bible, you understand friendship. It's so deep. It's so powerful. It's rooted in the gospel. It's strengthened by the Lord. I want you to see this, just a, a cursory reading of Paul's epistles. You start to see the theme of friendship everywhere, his love for the church, but specifically with a few individuals. I want to just focus on Titus just mainly in 2 Corinthians and then one verse from the epistle of Titus 2. Notice what Paul says here. Just look for the theme of how deep 
this relationship is and how it blesses them. My spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. Notice the connection between Titus and rest. Like Paul so longs to see his brother, brother in the Lord. It, it, it affects his emotion. Next verse, notice this. Just a beautiful biblical friendship. But God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. So now Titus is associated with comfort and bringing up the discouragement. I mean, Paul loved this stuff, walking in the ways of the Lord. Here's the next verse right here. Check this. And beside our own comfort, we rejoice still more at the joy of Titus because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. So in a Titus and joy, but they refresh Titus and Titus now refreshes Paul and those that he is with. Biblical friendship is so powerful. Here's more, just the same epistle, 2 Corinthians, but thanks be to God who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care I have for you. There's a deep love here, an earnest, fervent love as it's supposed to be. This is what God wants to see from us. This one right here. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your, Titus is now a partner, a partner in the gospel, a fellow worker, uh, brothers, friends, united powerfully for the cause of Christ. Here's the last verse. To Titus, my true child. Don't you love sometimes, like we read God's word and we get, but this is just, just taking one little section from one little part of God's scripture and look at what Paul has referred to Titus as. Brother, fellow worker, companion, now my true child. See how deep the gospel is? This is what the gospel produces, man. Titus is the true child because of why? Faith. This is what a friendship of support, a friendship of strength looks like biblically. This is what God wants to do in us. Question, question, do we have that in our lives? Do we have that? What a thing to pray for if we see it lacking. And Jonathan here for David. Jonathan does what? Jonathan strengthens David's hand in God. Jonathan comes alongside him and points him to the Lord, okay? But understand this. Jonathan cannot give out what he does not have within him. It takes someone who is filled with God to share God with, with others. Make sure you under, I cannot give what I do not have. I cannot teach what I do not know. I cannot lead where I do not go. So it's the one receiving. I love um, in the gospel of John, uh, whoever believes in me shall receive um, faith and then out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Notice what Jesus is saying there, the intake and the outtake. You intake through faith in Christ and the outtake is out of his heart. The believer will flow rivers of living water. So we receive from Christ and then we dispense to others. Now be very careful in our day, word of warning, okay? In our day, um, this superficial means of friendship. Let's just take social media. Social media is so often um, an inch deep right? And it just, it has, it has, it's so little. Okay, so I'm not on Facebook, okay? Woohoo! All right, all right. If you are, no problem, no problem. Nothing, I'm just like, just one last thing I have to worry about. On Facebook, I understand you, you, you friend a lot. Is that right? Is that right? I've, I've literally been on it like three times in my life, okay? So you make friends all the time, right? Let me just ask you, what, what definition of friend is Facebook working with there? I mean, honestly, I mean, you just, you, what definition of friend are you working with? Wait, as the majority of you are on Facebook right now, I guess half the world is right now, right? What, what definition of friend are you working with in your life? Now be careful here. Are you taking that definition and applying it through your whole life? Is this somehow seeping into the way you think and how you're acting? 
I don't know that if this is true or not. I wonder though, if more people through their friends on Facebook, due to all the jealousy, the comparison, the analyzation, the false fronts of people's lives make it look like way better than it actually is. I wonder if more people have a feeling of depression through Facebook than actual intimacy and friendship. I don't know the answer, but I wonder how many people sitting there scrolling through all their stuff sometimes, and at the end of the day, they feel worse, and they're actually fighting thoughts of discouragement and depression because they can't add up to who they want to be because all their friends, I'm not judging anything right now, okay? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm posing questions. I don't know the, I don't know the answer, but I just have to wonder as I, as I, contrast it with the Bible's definition of friendship. At the very least, loved ones, be very careful. You're not falling into the trap of some superficial approach to life that will bring you down, haul you out, and make you empty inside because that's the ways of the world and that's fundamentally the demonic system of Satan. If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these free resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. If you'd like to get a copy of the entire series, make sure you phone us at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. Join us again tomorrow for more Bible teaching from Robbie Simons on Live in the Light. I wanna